When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome back to the program on this fine Wednesday afternoon. I've got my guy Sunil here with me. Talking to 49ers. How you doing, my man? I'm doing fantastic, bro. It's, it's nice to have fresh new topics, um, some fresh new, same, but still new, and uh, others totally new. So, uh, you know, if it's 49ers, there's always quarterback stuff to talk about. But um, it's nice to hear some other names out of training camp and get a chance to talk about them. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, that's the good part. You know, when you hear other voices talk, we heard – well, we'll get to it. We heard, obviously, Debo Samuel talk. We've heard Brandon Ayuk talk. We heard some of the coaches talk. We've seen a lot of uh, different talk now uh, go along the last few days, and that gives us a good amount now to talk about as we wrap up this mini camp session. But we got to start where, obviously, the bread and butter is, quarterback competition because, as Kyle Shanahan said during OTAs, was going to be a split. Ended up being a fairly 50-50 split. Darnold got the one reps yesterday. Lance got the one reps today. Some even days, some some good, some bad, according to the national media or the local media, based on reports. Based on what you've seen, what do you take away from the quarterback competition from those two as we head into camp? It's it's really interesting, Rohan. I was you know looking at your takes on on Twitter and. It's so hard with this QB conversation with Sam Darnold and and Trey Lance because I feel like it's hard to judge who is actually just being unbiased or who has a dog in the race. And it it does seem a little bit interesting how even the ones reporting on what's going on in training camp seem to have picked a side. Mm -hmm. And it's it's seeping through in the way that things are being – reported so it's really hard to say for somebody who hasn't seen anything right where we only see certain clips we're seeing certain stats and but stats without context clips without context really uh can be uh, construed in any way that whomever's reporting wants to uh you know kind of form that uh, opinion so to me it's interesting because when i read your take saying that you know, both quarterbacks are kind of up and down and nobody's really um, pulling away from each other. And really Brock Purdy is, it seemed like, and and, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, it seems like Brock Purdy kind of strengthened his position as the number one quarterback even more without even being a part of training camp based off of what you're saying, which is interesting because from you know some of the stuff I've been reading, 
it does seem like Trey Lance is uh, better than than Sam Darnold has performed better than Sam Darnold. But you were the first person that I read that was like, hmm, maybe both of these guys aren't the, aren't it, and Brock Purdy's you know definitely solidified himself as QB one. I'm gonna give a hot take too. You know what I <clears throat> when I bring up Brock Purdy right now, going into the offseason, a lot of people said. The 49ers brought in three quarterbacks that have won games in the NFL. That is a win-win scenario. I think they're in a lose-lose-lose scenario at the moment. And again, this is through practice. I'm not saying they're going to start week one with a lose-lose-lose scenario, but what do I mean by that? Well, you've got uneven quarterback play from the backups, right? And Lance and Darnold. They're good days and back days. And the one thing you wanted to see from the backups was consistency. Can either quarterback be comfortable or are you comfortable with either quarterback starting week one and really potentially taking uh taking over for your season is that the case i don't know if we can say that's the case right now but then we've got brock purdy the guy who it seems pretty clear the building believes is the top quarterback option when healthy however right now i'm afraid are the 49ers rushing brock purdy back because like i said in my tweet he clearly wants to be back i think it's in his not health-wise, but playing time-wise, it's in his best interest to get back as soon as possible. Why? If he's there on the practice field, if he's there in training camp, or even even if he's there by August 21st, I said it yesterday, I think he's the week one starter. The only way his job gets jeopardized is if he's not ready to play week one, and then another guy comes in and has the opportunity to take his spot. That's the way I look at it. So I think it's in Brock's best interest playing time-wise to play. Do I think so health-wise? Not necessarily. The 49ers also, one thing we brought up last uh, uh, yesterday, this is their best shot, in my opinion, to win a championship. Why? You might have to leverage one of your core four offensive weapons next year, cap space-wise, understanding that uh, all the cap hits for your top seven, eight players that you have on max contracts or top-of-the-line contracts I don't know if that's affordable while also extending the guys that you want to extend to Nick Bosa and Brandon Ayuk. And so in doing so, you might have the strongest, you might feel the strongest roster that uh, possible at this moment. On top of that, John Lynch, the general manager, might be his last year in San Francisco. We know that he's not a guy who's going to stay here for a long, long time. He wanted a ring. This might be his best shot. How do you get that ring? Put the best quarterback on the field. And that might be Brock Purdy, at least in John Lynch's eyes right now. It seems like that's Brock Purdy. That's the way I'm thinking. And so the 49ers are rushing Purdy back earlier than you anticipate. But you also don't necessarily have a clear separator in the backup competition. Can be seen as a lose-lose-lose situation right now. Yeah, and I guess that's where I'm a little bit confused because I don't get the sense that Trey Lance hasn't pulled away from Sam Darnold. And I, I guess I'm, a, I'm I'm a little bit confused as far as why you're getting that sentiment that it's not there. If you listen to... The players talk about the two quarterbacks. It's significantly different on how they speak about Trey Lance versus how they speak about um, Sam Darnold. Um, even by, you know, the numbers based off of, you know, guys that are there, it seems like, I don't know, it seems like all, all the talk is about how much better Trey Lance is looking and Sam Darnold is just improving. And, you know, it, it's kind of like you don't – when you hear about Trey Lance, it seems like genuine kind of uh, even from like um, the, the QB's coach, Brent Greasy and stuff, it seems like genuine like compliments that, hey, this kid is looking a lot better than before he's been working out. And then when you talk about Sam Darnold, it's like, I, just, I don't want to be mean. 
but I'm giving a compliment just to like uh, not not say something negative about Sam Darnold. So that's where I, I'm I'm a little bit confused as far as how you could say there isn't a definitive QB two at, at this moment. And again, the, I really like the point you brought up. Right, players are advocating for Lance, or at least talking about it. You've heard George Kittle say the other day, "Looks way better than um uh, than than last season." If I'm being honest, and when I understand all that, the reason that I bring it up is what what what's actually going on in practice, right? And I'm not going to say that I'm there and I can prove with my own eyes, but based on reports, what we hear. It's uneven, and the main thing with Lance is his accuracy, right? And, you know, it's uneven days. You you look at uh, reports today. Grant Cohn said that both quarterbacks didn't have in, inspiring performances in 11-on-11s. There are two separate elements, the 7s and the 11s. And when we talk about overall, when we talk about the 7s and 11s, um, you know, or sorry, when we talk overall about uh, the practices in general, yeah, it's been a 50-50 split. And the reason that I think that – um. You know, Lan- uh, Darnold might be behind. Well, Darnold is behind, is because of the playbook. Now, let me say my expectation. Do I think this is a three-man race for QB one? Absolutely not. I, I'm, I'm right now. I'm a firm believer that it, it, right now the only guy that it could unseat Brock Purdy is Trey Lance. I don't buy into the Sam Darnold hype that he could be QB one. The reason that I bring it up though is that what I wanted to see from Lance thus far, even if it's just practice is consistent days being piled upon consistent days. And I can't say for certainty that we've seen that thus far. And it is what I'm what I'm saying is, yeah, there are very high expectations that I have right now. But the reason is the 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 main way that Lance can unseat Brock Purdy for that starting job is if he matches the high expectations. And at the moment I'm not sure that, that uh that's in the direction right now. Again, Offensive line has to be integrated. First team offense has to be fully integrated. All that, that comes in training camp. That's where we see that right now. But as of right now, I don't know if there's a definitive, you know, I don't think there's a de- like a, a a very definite understanding that Trey Lance is like, you know, looking astronomically better um, or, you know, even in the competition at the moment. Or, you know, you know what I mean in that regard. Well, I, I guess – you know, I've, I haven't been following 49ers training camp for years and years and years, but I've followed it for the past two or three years. I don't think I've ever read a story about a quarterback looking good in 49ers training camp, whether that be Jimmy Garoppolo, Trey Lance, Nick Mullins, CJ Beathard, like whomever the quarterback has been the last three, four, five years that I've been paying attention. I don't ever here i don't do you remember the story of a quarterback looking significantly good in, in training camp for the 49ers i i, yeah, I just good point I, I don't i don't think you you can say that i don't think you can including say that. brock purdy right there was no stories right. about no. brock purdy looking phenomenal last year as well so i don't know if i put much weight in the consistent because it's like practice I, I always i always look at it this way um Practice is where you're supposed to be working on things, Rohan. Correct. If it's just about looking good like it's a game and not taking chances and not trying to figure things out, then what's the point of practice? You just will play the games. It's like you. I'm sure you can go to early days of Steph Curry and watch him shooting in the gym. And if you focused on his numbers during practice, I'm sure that you could create a narrative earlier on in his in – his, um, 
when he was kind of figuring out what to do with the shots and stuff like that, he probably missed a ton in practice, right? You look at other athletes when they talk about in practice, I, I look at it in um, MMA, which I follow a lot, some un, like dominating, dominating uh, fighters, they talk about in practice all the time they get whooped and beat up by by training mates and stuff like that because they're working on things and all this kind of stuff. So I think we put way too much value on what goes on in training camp as far as the numbers, as far as all that kind of stuff. I'm not looking for that. What I'm looking for is how does the does a quarterback look confident? Does the team see differences? Because there's certain things that players can notice that us as bystanders that are just looking at numbers, just looking at completion percentage and touchdowns and all that kind of stuff. What, what is that? What does that say? So personally to me, it's been very clear. All the positive stuff has come out when it comes to the criticism, all the positivity is around Trey Lance. I don't see that much of it around Sam Darnold. So to me, there is a clear separation between who they feel like is going to be the next guy up type of situation. And Okay. I, I like the point you bring up again. Um, here's what I'll say about the practice part. I know, I know what you're talking about. 49ers quarterbacks haven't necessarily looked good. When we're talking about looking good, I also don't mean numbers. I mean confidence is one thing. The other thing, how like how are they are they willing to make the mistakes? Are they trying to make the right reads, willing to make the mistakes, that kind of portion of it? And also in in correlation with that, I'm not trying to compare Lance and Donald as much because I to me I don't view that as as big of a quarterback competition as Lance and Brock Purdy. That's the way that I view it. And I right now the way that I I see Lance being able to see Brock Purdy is through strong practices and not just one, it's just through consistent strong practices. And that's where my high expectations come because I I don't think that Lance right now can unseat Brock Purdy if he returns at the expected date if he doesn't compile strong practices um uh, especially when training camp comes to hit and that's i guess that's another point that i disagree with you on because i think there's absolutely zero trey lance can do to unseat brock purdy if he if brock purdy's healthy to start week one and what i mean by healthy meaning he fits the timeline that cal shanahan considers healthy yeah. for week one meaning yes. he's able to practice for a couple of weeks and all that there's nothing that trey lance could do because kyle shanahan has stated brock purdy is the leader in the locker room Obviously, we know John Lynch favors Purdy over everybody. And I think that the team as well is going to go for a healthy Purdy over anybody because of what the success that they've had um, in games with it. I think that the team always has put way more value on winning in the regular season and in the playoffs over anything that's done on the practice field. And so yeah. to me, uh, you know, you saw that with Jimmy Garoppolo. Now you're seeing that with Brock Purdy. So I don't think that there's anything that Trey Lance can do in training camps to unseed Brock Purdy if Brock Purdy is able to be healthy enough to start week one in Kyle Shanahan's mind. So good point. Good point. Yeah. So point. I, I don't know if there's anything, I, anything that Trey can do. So that's why I'm just looking for. I'm just looking for, is there a leap? And that's what we've been hearing from everybody is ever since he's worked with Christensen, that there's been a significant leap in the way he looks, the way he's throwing. And, um, you know, you're seeing that uh, from all of the interviews that you're hearing from everybody that's in the know, usually is saying something very positive about Trey Lance. 
and then something very mild and and mediocre about Sam Darnold. And I I mean, I'm not here to necessarily disagree with that, right? Because Patobo Hammer here asked, what do I think about how Trey is doing so far just as a player? I think that you're right. From what I've heard, from what we've seen, Trey Lance is, he, he's definitely improved. The work with Jeff Christensen seems like it played uh, paid off. And remember, training camp is now in about 40, maybe a little longer, 50, 45 days. Who's Trey Lance going right back to? He's going back to his quarterback coach, Jeff mm-hmm. Christensen. He has made he has made strides. And I, I guess we were just arguing different arguments because, yeah, I do believe that like in, in the competition between Trey Lance and Sam Darnold, the reason that I'm phrasing as I'm phrasing is because I don't truly believe it's that big of a competition. I think that Trey Lance right now, um, you know, I think Trey Lance is the guy if we're talking about one of those two. I'm just looking to see more um, when, when obviously we get more practice uh, time from Trey Lance going forward to try and see if he can compile consistent days, because that was the one thing that plagued him when I last saw him as well. And so that's what I'm looking for from Trey Lance. But when you talk, you're right. When you talk about how he's been talked about from coaches, from players, Shanahan says he's in the best shape I've seen. Kittle says he's much improved from last year. And, you know, you hear these different, different reports from certain players and staff and even his quarterbacks coach that he is improved. And I think that that is a good sign looking to see more. Yeah. And, and once again, you know, to your point, uh, I think the John Lynch point is extremely uh, valid. You know, I don't necessarily think that John Lynch leaving this team necessarily short, uh, short the gap. I think Adam Peters would jump in there. And I think he's actually somebody that builds this roster a lot better. I think, I think John Lynch gets a lot of um, credit for the trades that he makes. But as far as draft picks, I think Adam Peters is that secret sauce. And him being able to make some of the first round and second round picks, I think will significantly improve this team as well. Mm-hmm. But I do think that it's clear to me that John Lynch is extremely behind Purdy, more than I think Kyle Shanahan is, to be honest. I think Kyle Shanahan still has I agree. Uh, Trey Lance you know, as, as, as somebody who he would really want to succeed. But, you know, I think that there probably is that push from John Lynch, and you're seeing that um, in his interviews. He's very clear and, and, and adamant about Brock Purdy being the starter. And uh, I, I think that could play a role in that, hey, he's, he's seeing that there's less, there's more years behind him than in front of him with the 49ers, and he wants to get it done as soon as possible. And if he thinks Brock Purdy's that guy, you know, he, he's going to push for that. Yeah, yeah, um, and I, I think that that's that's kind of where my discussion initially started, right? Mm-hmm. Where while I'm not saying that um, I'm not saying that Lance has been you know poor or anything like that, I'm saying though with reports that there has been inconsistencies with the two quarterbacks thus far in the off season, paired with Lynch potentially being his last year, I think he might want to push. He might want to help Purdy in the push for him to be ready for week one, understanding that Purdy is at least in, in the front office's eyes and in San Francisco's eyes might give him the best shot to win the title this year. Yeah, I wonder how Purdy and his camp would feel about that because I honestly, I honestly think they'd support it. Because really? like I said earlier, and you brought up a good point, right? There's no way Lance can unseat Purdy 
if Purdy comes back because he's got he's done everything in games. Even if Purdy has a poor offseason, behind the scenes you get a practice for three weeks after the preseason's over, two weeks or something like that. They're going to get a chance to build him back up to speed. And I think the only way that Brock Purdy loses his job is he, if it, the only possibility there is is if he isn't ready week one. And so I honestly think he might push for this August 21st timeline or whatever we're hearing. Yeah, I just wonder what that, you know, it's a tough spot for, I think, both quarterbacks. 100%. And Lance and Brock Purdy and the team in general. But, you know, I just wonder, you know, knock on wood, you know, I don't even want to bring it into existence. Like, hopefully he comes back, you know, I don't I don't know if they're rushing him, but I do think that there's urgency. But there's there was always urgency. I don't think that. Uh, Brock Purdy feels like he's for sure the guy with the 49ers. We all know Trey doesn't feel like he's for sure the guy with the 49ers. So at the end of the day, I just want the healthiest quarterback to play. Let's just put it that way. I like that. Yeah, uh, you essentially, you're right. You just want the be- uh, the healthiest quarterback to play. That's kind of the way you look at it. And overall... Because um, I don't know who's the best. So right now, let's just go with the healthiest. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> First of all, got to give a shout out to the guys in the chat. Supreme came on before the show. Appreciate you for tuning in, being one of the earliest guys on. Mariah, thank you for tuning in. Third string all pro. Curtis, thank you guys for tuning in. 187 here, thank you guys for tuning in. Our guy Fernando, thank you for tuning in, as well as Steve-O. Can it be at the beginning of the day for once? Weekend show, I'll try and do one early morning weekend show, or even on the weekday. I'll figure it out. We'll do an early show for you, Steve-O. Steve-O, some of us work, bro. How can we do it in the beginning of the day, man? I even started work this week, so you know <laughs> it's a little, little tough with that. But we'll, we'll we'll do one on the weekend for sure. Kalido asking the question, what's going on with Mitchell? Is he hurt again? Story that's gotten a little under the radar. Elijah Mitchell missed last Wednesday in practice. Was on the sideline for both days of OT, or sorry, minicamp this week. Kyle Shanahan said he's working through something. Would not specify what what's going on with Mitchell. Is he hurt again? Seems like he might have tweaked something. I mean, I think he'd probably be ready for training camp. But this is a topic that I want to talk about because I wrote about this topic just a week ago or just a little bit ago, quite literally, in expecting uh, expecting a, a scenario like this. We've got some running backs on this roster, man. Initial reports out of uh, camp. Matt Barrows wrote about it. Jordan Mason, looking good. Not only as a runner, looking good as a pass catcher. And that's the thing that they want, right? That third down back, somebody that can compliment a lot, uh, not Elijah Mitchell, but Christian McCaffrey, and really take over responsibilities that Christian McCaffrey can do, understanding that if you place him on first and second down, it's not a complete tell that it's just a run play if you put Jordan Mason in. Do you think Mason can unseat Elijah Mitchell for that second running back spot? Or do you think Mitchell's talent is just too much to overcome on this team? I guess the look if Mitch, you're saying so, we're stipulating Mitchell is healthy as well. I mean, just in general, even so, even I in, think that yeah, I think that going into the season or sometime during the season, Mason's going to be the number two running back because we have yet to see Elijah Mitchell be able to string together a consistent season of being healthy, right? And uh, but if Mitchell is healthy, we've also seen. Mitchell look extremely good any game he plays like even when he came back last season for the couple of games that he played um with CMC there 
he had really, really good games. I think he was over 80 yards per game and, you know, had a burst and all that kind of stuff. So if JP Mason and Elijah Mitchell are both healthy, who do I think gets more run? Um, I think that Elijah Mitchell would. However, I could see a scenario where they put Elijah Mitchell on a pitch count because of his wariness and his lack of. You're saying in games? In pitch games. Count kinda? Yeah. yeah. So they could probably split the. What, there's going to be CMC that's probably 15 to 20 carries, you know, uh, play probably 60%, 70% of the game. But that 30 to 40% that they use the second, second um, running back. I could see it be split evenly between J.P. Mason and Elijah Mitchell just because Mitchell can't stay healthy and because of the insurgence of Mason. I think Mason is definitely uh, a, a running back that adds value to the offense. So I could see them trying to get both of them some run, much like we saw in 2019 with the whole Coleman, Breida, and Mostert Um Coleman got most of those carries, but they would always bring in Breida or – um, or Mostert for that hot hand, and both of them kind of got similar amount of time when it was all said and done throughout the season. So I could see a three-headed monster legitimately this season. Love you bringing up that example because I was just about to say, last year compiled an article after Christian McCaffrey was uh, brought in and really uh, during the, the running back struggles early in the season about how the 49ers benefited from a three-headed snake Really, that was when they were running the most efficient football. And that was even with Col Tevin Coleman running about only four yards per carry because they had three different styles of running backs. And I think that a timeshare is the best way to go for the Shanahan offense, understanding not only the amount of stress that you place on your running backs, but also now the emergence of some of these guys, right? Elijah Mitchell. I think he's a, he, he's a potential trade candidate coming into training camp um, just because. If there's if there's an injury somewhere, if a team wants to bolster their backups, I think you can get some. Uh, I think you can get some capital for him. I, uh, you flipped Jeff Wilson last year for a fifth. I definitely think you can get some capital for Mitchell. But let's say you keep him. I still think that Jordan Mason can end up being the number two running back for this team at definitely at some point during the season. McCaffrey is important, but. What the 49ers are trying to do is trying to create a semblance with their running backs so that when they cycle in new guys, they don't have to change much in their offense in terms of the, the play calling. They can stick guys who uh, uh, stick guys in on third down to be receiving threats. They can even stick guys in on first and second down, and it's not always just a straight-up run uh, to Jordan Mason and let him just bulldoze over a couple of guys. It can be a variety of plays, and that's what they're trying to develop. Maybe that's why you see Mason take a little bit of a learning curve in year one with his carries, not as many, uh, not as many reps because as a third-down guy, maybe not as strong. But curious to see how this goes. Heard nothing but good news for Mason. And the issue with Elijah Mitchell, as unfortunate as it is, Injury has always been a part of his career. Only 10 games in his rookie year, had multiple MCL sprains last year. He seems like he's gotten stronger, but the injuries continue to take a little bit of a toll on him. I think you need to have Mason in the, in the mix this year, and hopefully you create a healthy when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The timeshare to where you can cr- keep Mitchell and McCaffrey healthy. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I agree with you. I think we could probably see some shades of that 2019. Um, as far as trading Mitchell, I think the Jeff Wilson situation was a little bit different. Um, he asked for the trade type of thing. So I think that was more of a favor to Jeff Wilson. And I think that was more because of the insurgence of, of Mason, right? They had three running backs at that time. Um, so I don't know if they trade Elijah Mitchell without having a, a, at least a third running back that they trust there. I don't know if TDP has gotten into that realm yet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, that's a good point. Right. Um, and not to mention also McCaffrey has a little bit of an injury history of his own. Right. And so, you do want insurance if you're this 49ers team. Although the one thing I will say, and I, w- I wonder about your take on this, last year at times, they tended to go with the bell cow back even with depth on the team. Do you think that even with the depth on the team this year, they might f- sometimes in some games or, uh, or more or less carry, w- uh, carry the, the hand with one guy, even if it's not necessarily a hot hand, f- put the load on one guy like they did. I think McCaffrey had a 26 carry game. Last year, Jeff Wilson Jr. had an 18-carry game uh, when he was the lead back after Mitchell went down. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, look, anything's a possibility. I do think that, you know, and I know we're going to talk about it probably here in a little bit, the resurgence of Debo, I think, maybe gives McCaffrey less of a load because I just think, you know, Debo talked about it. He wasn't at his best last season. And I think that maybe played a role why CMC got so much uh, run. Um, but I would imagine they probably try to limit CMC as much as possible. Not, I think he's still going to have a, a heavy workload, but I don't think, I don't think to the point where Mitchell and Mason don't get any run. Let's just put it that way. I I got I got you. Yeah, I got you. And you talked about Debo, so we got to go there, right? Debo Samuel comes out and shows some accountability. I was critical of Debo Samuel in 2022. I I, I won't lie. I was critical of Debo Samuel in 2022. That is something that I uh, made clear in terms of I thought his his effort wasn't as at 100%. He was obviously out of shape, which he mentioned um, heading into the season. And I thought, you know, he wasn't as dominant. His routes weren't as crisp, even though he's not necessarily a prolific route runner and things like that. Led to a bit of a down year. He did get injured for a few games, but led to a bit of a down year. Only 600, uh, I believe, and 32 receiving yards in 2022. Debo Samuel comes out, says his year was awful. Maybe he wouldn't go that far, but says his year last year was awful. Saw how sluggish he was. Admitted he was out of shape. Comes into camp this year looks in shape and he's he's back in the mix what do you think about what Debo Samuel said what your expectations are for him this year and going forward yeah I mean Debo's talked a lot this offseason right he's talked about uh you know obviously gotten into some battles with 
or had some strong words about the Eagles fan base and the team. Now he's he's coming out and, and talking about he came in, you know, out of shape. And, you know, shout out to Grant Cohn, who I think uh, report like kind of spoke to it, even though it was an unpopular opinion back then that Debo came in out of shape and possibly the drama and the offseason played a role in his uh, preparedness and work ethic and all that kind of stuff. So it is a bit of a flag, I think, Rohan, that that was the case. But the fact that he's coming in, you know, focused and in shape, I think obviously bodes well. Uh, you said his year wasn't, you know, terrible is probably a uh, bad. But when you compare it to the year before he had, you know, it, it, he didn't he had fourteen hundred yards, you know, over fourteen hundred yards the year before. And he had less than seven hundred yards um the next year so less than half of the production as far as just pass catching yards now obviously cmc being there uh plays a role in that they research the um the crescendo we're seeing from brandon Ayuk plays a role in that um kittle getting more in the passing game plays a role but overall you know like debo is still a weapon that everybody in the league is trying to figure out a way to add that type of weapon to their offense you see it like this guy is the next Debo where we feel like we could play him like he played Debo. So having a healthy Debo at a hundred percent full strength definitely makes the 49ers much better. And I expect a, a better year this year. I mean, I don't think he's the type that talks without backing it up. I haven't seen that in him and he's talked a lot, like I said, this off season. So I expect a, a very big year from Debo, maybe not like the 1400, you know, and I don't think it's going to be a thousand thousand year or anything like that, but I think he's going to be uh, someone that you should have on your fantasy team. Let's just put it that way. That's funny. But uh, talking <laughs> about talking about uh, our boy Debo, I like the I like the accountability. I mean, like I said, it was a little clear last year that there were some struggles that he had, and that's why I said Brandon Ayuk was the more dominant receiver and was the better receiver for sure last year for the 49ers, the guy who eclipsed 1,000 yards. But Debo seems motivated right now. He's, he's been out of shape a couple of times this uh, last few seasons. Seems motivated. He talked about how the contract negotiations were a distraction and things like that, but now he's back on track. He's got two more years left on this deal, and I think this is a big, big year, a crucial year for Debo Samuel. Mentioned earlier how in 2024, uh, due to the cap, the 49ers might have to make some decisions on some of their key key players, um, especially maybe their core offensive players. With they got four really good ones in Kittle, Ayuk, McCaffrey, and Debo Samuel, could be a crucial year to determining what Debo Samuel's future is with the 49ers. I said it yesterday. If I were to make a prediction, would say he stays on and then gets moved right before the 2025 season. But I'm ex I mean, it it seems better now for Debo Samuel. You've got a lot of options. You could still use him as a running back, but you know I'm excited to see how he compiles this year as a receiver, especially um, you know with the new mindset and also regardless of who plays at quarterback, I think he'll be uh, a good fit there. And hopefully, you know you see a motivated Debo alongside that Brandon Ayuk who's on the who's on a contract year pretty much. And that's the next topic because Brandon Ayuk, man, his confidence seems on another level and. People be talking about Brandon Ayuk right now in some type of way, I got to say. Right. What are you thinking about our guy, Brandon Ayuk? I think Brandon Ayuk is 
positioning himself to be and this could be a way too early and this could be considered a hot take i think he's positioning himself to be one of the greater one of the greatest in that echelon obviously jerry rice is way up there terrell owens you know you put him and then you know there's going to be guys but i think that brandon Ayuk is going to go down as a 49er great and why i'm saying that is the way he's taking on not only not only what his obviously his attributes what we've seen on the field but his leadership qualities rohan that he started and you saw it starting last season where he started talking about how he understood why kyle shanahan coached him as hard as he did and he now as him being the elder statesman in the wide receiver room he's starting to have those conversations with the younger wide receivers and really taking on that role as a leader and then you're seeing it in uh this year even more right he's one of the only offensive well him and cmc and kittle are the three kind of like quote unquote superstars that are in training camp actually playing on the offensive side right showing it not only by their words but also by their actions going out there practicing putting um you know working out with the guys and stuff like that so to me you see what his blocking prowess is. You see how great his route running is. He already eclipsed a thousand yards, and he told us last season that hey, this is going to be a, se- a great season for me. He's saying it again this season, and I have no doubt in my mind. As long as he could stay healthy, once again, knock on wood, I think that he he ends up being the best receiver on this team again uh, this season. I don't disagree at all. I think he will be the best receiver. And I mean, it's just great to hear what people are saying about Brandon Ayuk. Debo said you can't you can't cover that guy in a phone booth right now. Yeah. You can't even cover him in a phone booth. Diamond Lenore says, looking like a top five receiver. I mean, it's looking good. Brandon Ayuk himself, you heard him. He's normally a quiet guy, right? That confidence is through the roof, and he he knows he's about to get his money. His, he's in a essentially in a contract year. I know he's got a fifth year option. Essentially though, in a contract year because that extension comes next year. And I think he he understands that, and he's going to go to work. Now, I do think whoever plays quarterback does affect how his season goes, as expected. But I, I think that regardless, he's going to get his own, and it's going to be a it's going to be a nice year. A guy who seems committed, he's been committed really every off season, and now just continues to get better. And so that's a it's a good sign for Brandon Ayuk. And I think I mean he's the, he, in my opinion, he's the perfect 49ers receiver. What do I mean by that? He might not be the 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 wide back type of guy, but instead he's a guy who fits into the mold, completely willing to block, able to get his own as a receiver, great runner, runner and solid after the catch. I think that that's exactly what Kyle Shanahan in, in, intended for, and he took Brandon Ayuk out of a strong group of receivers in that 2020 draft. Brandon Ayuk, I think, I, I agree. I think he's a guy who remains here on an, at least one more deal. Um after the season, he's a guy who I believe will be a 49er for a while. Yeah, and I think he has the ability to end up being, you know, like I said, Debo, Debo, I think because of his ability to run, um, you know, catch the uh, obviously his yak, but also his running back abilities, a wide back position is what elevates Debo as a receiver in the league and to that superstar method but just as far as a pure receiver i think we haven't had a guy like brandon Ayuk where the 49ers have just like had the guy probably since 
I don't think Crabtree ever made it to that level, probably since Terrell Owens, a guy where you're just like, that could be the best receiver in the league. And I think Brandon Ayuk has that ability to be in that level, um, you know, and, and, and that's awesome to have. And you said, depending on the quarterback, how good a season is. I think he played well with Jimmy and Brock Purdy last season. I think the reason why, uh, I think because of when he came in and the whole COVID and all that kind of stuff really affected his ability to, because he didn't have that normal training camp his rookie year. But ever since he's been able to have full training camps, the dude has been exploding. So I just imagine that the reason why maybe it was like down certain is just because of the training camps more than uh, lack of the quarterback. Let's just put it that way. Oh, I, I, and here's what I'll say. I'm not saying Ayuk is quarterback dependent. I do think, though, he could have a better season depending on the quarterback that he plays with. But we'll see how that goes. Ayuk, obviously, special, special talent. See a cool comment here. We talked about Ayuk. We talked about Debo. Do you think this is a possibility? 1,000 seasons from three different players on the Niners. Ayuk, Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey. You could possibly – I mean – I would say, so I'm saying C- CMC on the through the pass game or through the run game. Do you think it's possible? We'll first start with the pass game. Do you think it's possible that McCaffrey can get another 1,000, 1,000 season? Um, essentially, I, I don't think so. I, I just don't think that the 49ers throw the ball enough to. I don't. When's the last time they had a 4,000 yard uh, quarterback? What? Did Mullins do it one year? I don't know if he, he even was able, but yeah I, don't I, so. yeah, I don't think they throw the ball enough to where a quarterback's going to get 4,000 yards passing, which is what you probably need for that stat to happen. I actually can see two uh, pass catching options get go for over 1,000 yards and CMC go for 1,000 yards on the ground. On the ground? But I don't think it would be Debo. I think it'd be Kittle. Because especially if Brock Purdy is the quarterback, him and Kittle obviously have an amazing connection with each other. I think you could see IU Kittle get a thousand yards passing or uh, yeah, um, receiving, and then CMC get a thousand yards on the on the ground. I think that's a definite possibility in it and on the board. I think it's a guarantee. Uh, obviously, barring injuries, I think it's a guarantee. Brandon IU gets a thousand. I think it's a guarantee CMC gets 1,000 rushing. When you look at the stats last year, McCaffrey played in like 10 games, essentially. Like, I don't count that first game. He played in 10 games, and he had 700 rushing yards in that 10 games. If you count his total stats, in the the extra game, he had 38 rushing yards, I believe. He had 746 on the season. That's around 75 a game. That's a he'll clearly hit a thousand if that's if that's the rate. I thought he. You're right. I did think. I thought he caught the ball a lot last year as well but only 464 receiving yards in those 10, 11 games that he played. And so I think it is tough for him to hit a thousand thousand because he was the one option, both in the receiving and the passing game when he was, uh, when he got the thousand thousand season. And I also question whether he can do it due to injury as well. Brandon Ayuk though, I think he can get the thousand as for Samuel and Kittle. I think it's health bearing, but I can definitely understand the argument for both. I think one of them have the, I don't think uh, both of them will get it, but I think one of them, yeah, definitely has a chance to get a thousand yards. If you had to guess, would you would you put your money on 
Debo or Kittle having a thousand yards receiving this year? I'd, I'd still got to go with Kittle. I think I got to go with Kittle. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's I, Kittle as well. I think that relationship is the one that'll f- develop the most this offseason, regardless I, of who's that quarterback. Let like, me, if it's let me put, I, I think so too. Let me put it this way I think that if Kittle stays healthy all season, I think that he could give Kelsey a run for top tight end in the league this year because we're seeing how much Purdy likes throwing to Kittle in the end zone. Um, and we, you know, he had what four, two touchdown games with Purdy and, yeah. you know, the, the first eight games they played with. So I could definitely see George Kittle being the top tight end in the league this season with uh, this year, as long as he stays healthy. I mean, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, that's an option, obviously a loaded, loaded room, but I, I, I don't think it's out of the realm. Don't think so. Let's talk some other names. End of the uh, end of training camp. Jair Brown, the guy who's rising, and uh, we heard about him uh, earlier. I believe, I think it was Brandon Ayuk who said he had like four interceptions already mm-hmm. uh, going through camp, uh, like, and that was earlier in, in in OTAs. Now Jair Brown playing with the second team, a guy who could eclipse that first. You know, guy who could eclipse that uh, that uh, first team kind of marker, slide into that first team uh, group, and we heard about three safety sets. What are you thinking about the top rookie the 49ers drafted? I mean, it, it's seeming like he's everything as advertised and better, right? Uh, he was the top secondary guy as far as interceptions in his collegiate career, and he's coming in and doing all the same things. Um, I was watching Grant Cohn this, um, earlier today, and he talked about how nobody's even throwing his direction now because yeah. of how, how, how locked down and how disruptive he is there. I mean, along, you know, Talano Hufunga, give him props. He, along with, you know, the three aforementioned stars that we talked about, is out there playing and all that kind of stuff. Him and, him and um, Brown, if they could turn into the next – duo back there i mean talk about that i mean talana hufunga hufunga we know is a disruptor in the backfield he was able to you know turn the ball over with interceptions and force fumbles and all that kind of stuff if you bring in another guy who's even better than him at that oh my god like with with steve wilkes being you know in his pedigree with the secondary this could be you know the 49ers already were number one in turnovers last year they could repeat as that because the guys that they added are are ball hawks. So I'm excited about it. You know, I still think that probably Coleman ends up being the starter just because we all know Kyle Shanahan likes to play the veterans over. I'm not Coleman. I'm sorry. Gibson. Uh, yeah, I was Gibson, about to yeah, say. Sorry. I didn't know Tevin Coleman was a. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I meant Gibson. Sorry. Tayshawn Gibson. Um, I think Gibson still ends up being the, the starter just because we know Kyle Shanahan tends to go with the, the vet over the rookie. But I think it's going to be tough if Gibson Gibson has a couple. I think I think Brown's going to get a lot of run. Let's just put it that way. I'll say this because this is something I've talked uh, I've thought about in recent days because I'm a, I'm an advocate of the three safety sets. I thought it worked well when they had Jimmy Ward, Jaquaski Tart uh, in the mix, and you know whoever else was playing as well. I thought it worked well last year with Ward Gibson and Jaquaski. Uh, sorry, Ward Gibson and Hufanga. But here's what I'll say. 
three safety sets, I think it's important to have a guy who you have uh, big nickel versatility with. And you had that before. Jimmy Ward was a guy who you could you could trust to be a versatile weapon because he he has the coverage ability of a slot corner. Tashawn Gibson has played that role. And I'm not saying Tashawn Gibson's bad at that role, but he's not Jimmy Ward's level as a slot corner uh, hybrid type of player. And so I wonder if Brown eats into Gibson's playing time and they run two safety sets sometimes because they want to keep that third uh, cornerback on the field trusting their coverage ability a little more. That's the way I think about it. Um, just because I think that Brown, I mean, is – his skills in the passing game are clearly there, and I think he's an all-around safety. I've said it in the, I've said it before. The one thing though that I, I wonder about when we when we talk about three safety sets, are they confident in one of the guys playing the big nickel? The other way I see three safety sets though is using them as a hybrid linebacker. That's the way that I see it a little more likely. I think you can drop Brown or Hufanga into the box as a hybrid linebacker, and I think that that's a little more likely in terms of getting all three guys on the field which I think should happen. Yeah, see, I just think that the linebacker core is too good to want to take one of those right. guys off of it, right? So It's more in that sub-package where you got the three linebackers on the field. But still, I mean, that's a, that's still a very good argument. Yeah, would you want to take Oren Burks off? I mean, he's having a great training camp as well. Like, um, you know, obviously, you know, Greenlaw and, and Warner are going to be out there. But Burks has been playing pretty well, so... Do you, do you want him off the field to, to get a I, – I agree with you, man. I think that the reason they were able to go three safety sets last year was because Jimmy Ward wasn't playing safety. He was just a guy that was had the safety denomination on him, but he was a nickel corner. Like, he was a cornerback last season, right? So I, I think that that's how they ended up having three safeties. I don't know if they're going to be able to do that because I don't know if any of these three – safeties have the speed needed to be able to cover the the slot wide receiver right um we know hufunga is not great when it comes to coverage because he misses angles and stuff like that he's better as like a free kind of just being able to disrupt to be where the ball's at but as far as just straight pure coverage he's not the guy i don't know about jared brown in in coverage um i haven't watched enough tape on him but i do know he's not necessarily the fastest guy so that obviously plays a role because you are going up against a quick, um, you know, kind of possession receiver or a great route runner in that uh, slot role. And Gibson as well, you know, he's probably the best out of those three, but is he better than Isaiah Oliver? I would probably say no. I mean, Oliver is playing really well or Samuel Womack, whomever is going to play that role, right? So I do, I do agree with you. I do think that if – Brown is getting playing time. It's going to be over Gibson. And I, I, I would say it probably doesn't happen at the beginning of the season. However, when it when, later on during the season, I think we do see more Brown. I, I, I think that that's a, that's a fair, fair assessment. I'm excited to see him on the field. I, I like Gibson a lot. I like Hufanga a lot too. Excited to definitely see Brown on the field as well. But hey, Sunil, this has been a fun show. Talked about a lot of things. Before we head on out, give me one thing you're excited about when training camp comes along. Um, I'm excited about the offensive line, actually. Perfect. Exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> and the reason for that is I think that there's just 
we haven't had this much continuity going into an offensive line for some time where all five starters are homegrown or have been on the team for quite some time. Four of the five have been playing together all last season. And um, most of them, like 60% of them are young guys that are, are either ready to take a leap or getting that opportunity to really show what the 49ers have put into them in the last however many years they've been on the roster. So I'm excited about that because I know that the offensive line always gets the most flack on this uh, by the fan base with this team. And I really think they have the ability to be even better than last season. I agree. I agree. I mean, offensive line was my thing too. Why? Because we haven't seen them. We haven't really seen them uh, thus far in minicamp or in OTAs. Offensive line really comes together in training camp. And I know not fully, but you still get to see some padded work. Excited to see how that goes along. How does that, uh, how, how does the right side gel? Because that's really where you have a little more of the newer part in uh, Colton McKevitz. How does that right side gel? But also, who can establish themselves among the backups? Right now, I'm not confident in a single guy that's uh, a single tackle amongst the backups and Jalen Moore and Matt Pryor or even Leroy Watson. Not that confident in them, but on the interior, I'm, I, I'm pretty confident in a couple of guys. I want to see who kind of separates themselves at the positions. Overall, offensive line, that's the place I'm looking for when I go to camp. Yeah, and a, and a close second is going to be the battle for the backup corners and the, uh, the other edge rusher. Those are going to be the two that I'm excited to see who separates themselves because I think those are the two places that are up for grabs. Yeah, I think both positions, you've got another argument. Drake Jackson obviously there, but that position up for grabs, maybe even a free agent signing. And the backup corner, good things we heard. We'll talk about it next time, but... Ambry Thomas might be back in the loop. We'll see. Ooh, great teaser. But hey, Sunil, you and I, it's always been a fun time. Chat, all of you guys that are joining in, thank you guys so much for tuning in, providing your comments, your questions, and also your support. Be sure to hit the links in the description. Uh, be sure to go follow Sunil on Twitter. My Twitter's up here on the screen. And download on Apple Podcasts as well. We appreciate the support. Any last thoughts before we head on out, my man? Nah, man. Got to go watch the NBA Finals. You want to lead us out with your outro? Stay safe, stay hydrated, and we'll talk again very, very soon. See you later, guys. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.